look at some things this morning, if you will. All right? God, how many of you know God is just doing some great things? Amen? I mean, you know, we've got to allow the Spirit of God to continue to grow within us. And I want to I I thank you for sowing your seed, financial seed, into this, this ministry and the things that we do and the things that we're involved in. And we're just looking forward to um, being able to... How many of you know I like to give the devil a black eye? Amen? I like to give him a black eye. And, and we're, we're, we're just able to do that. And that's one of the ways we do this. I want you to stay with me about the kingdom of God, all right? The kingdom of God is what? God's dominion, it's his authority, it's his reign, it's his rulership, okay? And Jesus was, um, was talking to the disciples, and, and let's go back to verse... Let's go to, let's go to chapter 3, and let's look at verse 13. I'm, gonna, I'm just going to read, and I, there's some things that I want you to do. I really would like for you to see where Jesus chose the 12. You know, you, you are chosen. You've come to the Lord, you are chosen. Amen? The Bible says many are called, but few are chosen. Say, I'm one of the few. See, you're, you're, one of the, you're one of the chosen ones. And see, that's the things that I think that we've got to understand and realize within our identity here. I want you to see Jesus and his, his relationship that he had with the twelve. And I'm going to just start at verse 13 and just read. And he went up on the mountain and he summoned those who he himself wanted. Do you see Jesus picking some out? He says he, he, he summoned those whom he himself wanted and they came to him. And he appointed twelve so that they would be with him and that he could send them out to preach. What was he preaching? The good news. The good news of what? The, the kingdom of God, good news of... Because okay, it was before the salvations, good, good point, it was before salvation because Jesus was still on the earth. So he wasn't saying, I'm going to preach me, but I'm going to preach the kingdom of God. I'm going to preach God's dominion, God's authority, God's rulership. Never, never do we see Jesus point to himself. But don't we always point people to Jesus? Yeah, we don't see Jesus ever pointing to himself and say, here's what I want you to preach. Because we can go back into Luke chapter 9, and he sent them out in Luke chapter 9. He sent the disciples out two by two, and he said, preach, for the kingdom of God is at hand. He said, go in and heal the sick, say peace to this place, heal the sick, raise them from the dead, whatever it's got to be done, and then say, the kingdom of God is at hand. A lot of times we've got it shifted. A lot of times we've got it backwards. I don't know if you were involved in, in witnessing where you handed out tracts. You would, you'd give a tract. You'd hand out a tract. You'd knock on the door and you'd hand them a tract. What really happened? I didn't have any results on mine. I don't know if maybe you did, but they just slammed the door in my face or took the tract and said, oh, great, thank you, got to go, see you later, bye, click. Got, uh, that's not biblical. What is biblical is when he said to send them out, say peace, shalom, to this house, heal the sick, meet the needs, do those different things, then say what? The kingdom of God is at hand. The kingdom of God is at hand. So what we need to be able to do is, number one, is to declare peace. Say peace. Number one would be to declare peace. So those of you that are making some notes, just put that down. Say the first thing we need to do is begin to declare peace. How many of you know, without peace in a home, without peace on your heart, 
It's hard to receive. Oh, come on, somebody. If you're all jacked up and you've had four mountain drinks, right, Sean? You got or monster drinks. If you got four monster drinks, you're just kind of zinging like this, or you've you know you've had a bunch of caffeine or coffee, you're zinging like this, and there's really no peace, and without peace you really won't receive. Oh, come on, somebody. Let me pray for peace for you. Father, I thank you that today that you'll release a peace upon our heart. I declare your word of God over us that says it's the peace of God that transcends all understanding to be upon our heart and to be upon our mind. I speak the shalom of God to be upon you physically, mentally, and emotionally today in Jesus' name. And everybody said, peace. We've got to have peace. The next thing he did is say, meet the needs in the home. What's going on in the home? How can we meet the needs in the home? And he says, once you pray for the sick, they get healed, they get delivered, they get set free. You meet the needs. I, I, I've ministered to others, and they, they were like, you know, I'm like, you need Jesus. You need Jesus. You need Jesus. They're like, Pastor, you know what I need? I need a job. Where's my job from Jesus? I, you know, what about Jesus? I can get Jesus, but what about my job? Are you with me? So a lot of times they have to get a job first or you help them get a job first, whether it's skills, whether it's a trade, whether it's those things, you help them, you get them to the place where they can get a job and then guess where that job really came from? That's right, it came from God. It came from Christ. So you know what, that, that God says those good things come from him and he gives us good things, say good things. So we begin to see them meeting the needs. Number two, they met the needs. Number three, then they were able to witness to them. They were able to witness to them. You know why? Took the barriers away. What about God? Well, I've been thinking about God lately. But all I've been thinking about is I ain't got no food. So you take care of the food. The hunger pains go. Then you say, what about God? Oh, yeah. Now, I'm not hungry. I don't have my, my backbone gnawing at my belly button. Are you with me? Because I'm, I'm hungry. So Jesus had chose these 12, and let's just read. I'm going to have Angela just read, if you will, verses. <laughs> I threw a curveball. Read verses 15 through, 20, through 22, and just follow along with her. Chapter 3. Chapter 3, I'm sorry. Chapter 3, verses 15 through 22 right now. And to have authority to cast out the demons. And he appointed the twelve, Simon, to whom he gave the name Peter, and James, the son of Zebedee, and John, the brother of James. To them he gave the names Boanerges, which means sons of thunder. And Andrew and Philip and Bartholomew and Matthew and Thomas and James, the son of Alphaeus and Thaddeus and Simon the zealot and Judas Iscariot, who betrayed him. And he came home and the crowd gathered again to such an extent that they could not even eat a meal. When his own people heard of this, they, they went out to take custody of him, for they, they were saying he has lost his senses. The scribes who came down from Jerusalem were saying he is possessed by Beelzebul, and he cast out the demons by the ruler of the demons. So you got a situation where Jesus is what? He's doing miracles, he's, things, signs, and wonders are happening, and they're, they're, they're saying he's got a demon. He's got a demon. He's casting it out by Beelzebub, which is actually under the Baal structure. There are different names and different, different names you can call them, but you can go through the Bible and you can see Baal, Baal, El, Bel, B-E-L. Those are all underneath the Baal structure. Anybody remember in, in, uh, in Kings 18, I think it's 1 Kings 18, where Elijah had the, the battle with the prophets of Baal? 
Yeah. And he said, hey, why don't you call on your God and I'll call on mine and you call on yours. And I mean, Elijah, he was, I like Elijah. I mean, he was, he was in your face. Where's your God at? Is that all he's got? Where's he at? What's going to happen? And he called on his, are you with me? Jehovah God, our God. And he, and he burnt up that offering. Look at verse 23. And he called them and, he, and himself and he began, the disciples, and he began to speak to them in parables. Anybody know what a parable is? You feel like you're comfortable with what a par- parable is? It's kind of like an um, allegory where you, where you use um, natural things to, to get across a spiritual point. Okay? So he gives them a, a storyline that you can have in the natural. This is how Jesus began to speak. And he talks about this in verse 24. First of all, he says, how can Satan cast out Satan? He says, if a kingdom is divided against itself, that kingdom cannot stand. And if a house is divided against itself, that house will not be able to stand. Now, he's not talking about OU versus OSU. I've seen the license plate, you know, divided house. It's like, no. He's talking about what does God have to do with Baal? What does the kingdom of God have to do with the kingdom of darkness? Are you with me? He's like, you can't, basically what he's saying is you can't straddle the fence. You've got to be in one or the other. He says, it's, you can't say Satan's casting out Satan. And I had somebody one time tell me that, well, you know, the, the storm when it blows, it's God. It may be God, but it can also be the devil. Hello? Then, well, I'll give you, I, I heard it in the spirit. I heard, I'll prove it to you. Do you remember when the storm came up and the disciples were with Jesus? You remember that? And he was what? Sleeping? What did he do? He rebuked the... If it was his father, why would he rebuke him? So that's good, you know. See what I mean? So there is... The enemy tries to distort that which God brings. Oh, come on, somebody. He tries to distort that which God brings. So this storm that was taking place wasn't a God storm by the Father or Jesus wouldn't have come out and said, Oh, come on, guys. You guys are supposed to do this. I've been with you for many times. I'm back there sleeping. I'm trying to rest. It's been, I've been ministering all day long. You know, we've been ministering the weekend. It was the whole weekend we're ministering and the storm came up and the disciples didn't rebuke the storm. So Jesus said, Hey, peace, be still. See y'all later. I'm going back to sleep. Are you with me? He wouldn't be rebuking his father. So that enemy came to distort the wind. So in the same way, he said, how can Satan cast out Satan? He said, if a kingdom is divided against itself, that kingdom cannot stand. And if a house is divided against itself, that house will not be able to stand. Verse 26, if Satan has risen up against himself and is divided, he cannot stand, but he is finished. But no one can enter the strong man's house and plunder his property unless he first, what, binds the strong man. And then he will be able to plunder his house. So there's a, I'm not going to talk about that today, but, you know, you bind that strong man. That, that you can bind the enemy, the strength of the enemy, and you can go in and plunder your good. Come on, somebody. We're supposed to get that stuff back. It doesn't belong to him. He stole it, he got it, and he got it illegally, and it belongs to you. Tell your neighbor, say, the devil's got some stuff of yours. And a lot of it might be just peace. He tries to steal that peace of God that you have within you. And he'll, when he can steal that peace, then you won't operate in joy. And you don't have any joy, you won't be strong. Are you with me? Because the Bible says it's the joy of the Lord that is our 
strength. It's the joy of the Lord. So check this out. He said, no man can enter the strong man's house and plunder his property unless he first binds the strong man. Then he'll plunder his house. Truly, I say to you, all sins shall be forgiven, the sons of men, and, wh- and whatever blasphemies they utter. But whoever blasphemies against the Holy Spirit has, excuse me, never has forgiveness. Committing suicide is not the unpardonable sin. Don't go commit suicide. And those that do, uh, you know, I'm sorry that they're bound up with the things that take place, but it hurts the entire family. They might get their relief, but the, everybody else is affected, right? He says, he says this in verse 29, but whoever blasphemies against the Holy Spirit never has forgiveness, but is guilty of an eternal sin. Verse 30, because they were saying he has an unclean spirit. When his mother and his brothers arrived, did you know Jesus had mothers and brothers? Mother and her brothers? They were standing outside, and they sent word to him and called to him. Check this out. So here's Jesus. He's in there preaching a meeting. And his mom and dad, they show up, and they're like, hey, would you tell him we're out here? And it's like, he doesn't even acknowledge it. Mama's here. Would you tell him that I'm here? And it says a crowd was sitting around with him and, and said to him, behold, your mother and your brothers are outside looking for you. Answering to them, you know what he said? He said, who's my mother and who are my brothers? And looking about to those sitting around him, he said, here's my mama and my daddy. Here's my mother and my brothers. Look around. Just look around. I want you to look around. These people that you're seated with are family. They're family. They're family. Going through struggles, Gary, but you're family. Tatum, dealing with issues, but you're family. Do you know what I mean? Jeremy, struggling with things, but you're family. Your, your, your family, your family, your, your biological mom and dad may be out there, but my mom, biological mom and dad have gone on to be with the Lord. But you guys are my family. Here's mama. Here's a mama of the church. Can we give the Lord some praise for mama? Amen. You know, and I look to Debbie and I look to Shirley and, and I look to Miss Lucille and your, your mamas of the church, and maybe we haven't brought these in and released these things, but guess what? Over the next few weeks and months ahead, you better get ready because we are going to begin to release this. Amen? Because how many of you want to be part of a family? Yeah, I, I want to be part of a family. So check this out. So he says, um, he said, These behold my mother and my brothers. For whoever does the will of God is my brother and my sister and my mother. So there's a lot of sisters in here today. There's a lot of brothers in here today. And he not only was talking about who's his mother, who's his brother, who's his sister, but he was trying to bring forth kingdom principles. This is how the kingdom operates. And verse 4, are we at verse 4? Or chapter 4? Verse 1, would you read that for me, please, ma'am? He began to teach again by the sea, and such a very large crowd gathered to him that he got into a boat into, in the sea and sat down. Do you, see what, do you see what he said? He began to what? Everybody. Teach. See, what happens is when you become a believer, when you become a follower in Christ, just because one scripture says the Holy Spirit will teach you, you think you don't need a teacher. See, when we're having the small groups, guess what it's about? The Bible says to teach and train in righteousness. It says in Proverbs 22, 6, to teach your children, to teach them in a way that they will go 
So when they get older, they won't depart from it. Come on, somebody. So a lot of times we don't look at that. But yet Jesus, time and time again, did what with the disciples? He taught them. He taught them. He taught them. He taught them. That's why I think there's a, a not only a gift, but there is an office in the ministry of called the teacher. That teacher does what? Teaches. I'm not a teacher. I can operate in that now and then, but it struggles. I struggle because I'm more of a preacher than I am a teacher. But Jesus began to teach him again by the sea. So was this the first time? You see the word again there? Does that, what does again mean? Again means he obviously had done it before because now he's doing something, redoing something, or doing something again that he's done before. And that's teach. Say teach. Verse 2. And he was teaching them many things in parables and was saying to them in his teaching, Listen to this. Behold, the sower went out to sow. As he was sowing, some seed fell beside the road, and the birds came and ate it up. Other seed fell on the rocky ground where it did not have much soil, and immediately it sprang up because it had no depth of soil. And after the sun had risen, it was scorched, and because it had no root, it withered away. Other seed fell among the thorns, and the thorns came up and choked it, and it yielded no crop. Other seeds fell into the good soil, and as they grew up and increased, they yielded a crop and produced thirty, sixty, and a hundredfold. And he was saying, He who has ears to hear, let him hear. Go ahead, keep going. As soon as he was alone, his followers, along with the twelve, began asking him about the parables. So check this out. Jesus teaches this. Jesus was a carpenter. That doesn't mean that he only did furniture. He might have built houses. Are you with me? So he's giving him a parable about a farmer. I'm wondering if the disciples were going, was he a farmer too? How how does he know about this? What about this seed? But you remember the parables weren't for the disciples. They were for the multitude. He began to teach them in parables. He said, there are some things and there's mysteries that are there and you're going to understand these parables. So when I teach these parables, you're going to have an understanding of those. Look what he says. He was saying to them, it's been... Yeah, keep going. Verse 10. He was alone and his followers and along with the twelve, he began to asking them about the parables. And he was saying to them, to you has been giving what? Who's it supposed to go to? Verse 10. As soon as he was alone, his followers, along with the twelve, began asking him about the parables. Who did Jesus say that the parables, the mysteries, were for? His followers. You're a follower of Christ? You know, I've heard heard pastors say, Oh, the mysteries of the Lord. It's so mysterious, we just can't understand them. Really? Because my Bible says that I'm a follower, a believer of Christ, and those mysteries are for me to know. So we're going to get into this. I'll get into some of this next week. I'll get into a little bit. Say the mysteries are for me. If you're a believer in Christ, the mysteries are for you. Well, I can't figure it out. I'm just not a theologian. I'm telling you, you can figure it out because the Spirit of the living God, the teacher, the Holy Spirit will help us get understanding. He'll help us get revelation. He'll help us when the times we need it. Amen? So check this out. He says, you have been given the mystery of the kingdom of God, 
But to those that are outside, get everything in parables. So what was the parable about? Because he's trying to teach a spiritual principle with physical illustration. So he says, you got seed. Farmer takes this seed and he puts it in his uh, broadcaster. <laughs> that grain being grain, grain drill, okay. But it, doesn't a grain drill kind of just put it in the ground? But if I broadcast it, it'll land some on the edge. It may land on some rocky soil and it won't produce because it doesn't get rooted and grounded. Now, a grain deal will put it right into the soil, won't it? It'll kind of inject it in there. You see how much little I know about farming, amen? So verse 12, so that while seeing they may see and while and not receive, and while hearing they may hear and not understand. What's different from them and us? Because he said that while seeing, they don't perceive. Aren't there some things that we can look at, but we don't perceive what's going on? There's a time and season that we're in that maybe we don't perceive it, but we should perceive it. So he says, and that while hearing, they hear, but they don't understand it i heard the parable i didn't understand the parable what did it really mean don't feel bad because you're no different than the disciples we aren't because jesus had to turn around and tell his disciples but there was one thing that there's a difference today than there was then today you got the holy ghost they didn't have it then jesus had it are you with me but they didn't have the holy ghost They didn't have the Holy Spirit to be able to help lead and guide you and bring you to that place. So he says, while while seeing, they may see and not receive or perceive. And while hearing, they may hear and not understand. Otherwise, they might return and be forgiven. And I love this. He goes into the explanation in verse 13. Angela, will you read 13 down to 20? And he said to them, Do you not understand this parable? How will you understand all the parables? The sower sows the word. These are the ones who are beside the road which the, where the word is sown. And when they hear, immediately Satan comes and takes away the word which has been sown in them. In a similar way, these are the ones on whom seed was sown on the rocky places, who, when they hear the word, immediately receive it with joy. What's the word? According to this parable, what is the word? Who said seed? Seed. Seed. The word is seed. See, we're thinking, well, we want to produce a harvest, right? So just get that in there and get it in some fertile soil, and it'll produce a harvest. He's not talking about wheat. He's not talking about grass. He's not talking about corn. He's not talking about any other crop that, can be, can be, that comes from the seed, because everything comes from a seed. Hello? Everything comes from a seed. So the word is the seed. Say that. The word is the seed. It's the word. It's the seed. It's the word. It's the seed. It's the word. Jesus and John, it says, he, was, he is the word. 
Well, in the beginning, he is the word. He was the word, in the word, was the word, is the word. That's Jesus in the beginning because they didn't have the written physical word that you've got right there on your lap. So what is it that you've got on your lap? A bag of? Everybody. A bag of seeds. I got a bag of seeds on my lap. Are you with me? Y'all getting this? Okay. Where were we? Go ahead. And they have no firm root in themselves, but are only temporary. Then when affliction or persecution arises, because of the word, immediately they fall away. And others are the ones on whom seed was sown among the thorns. These are the ones who have heard the word. But the worries of the world and the deceitfulness of riches and the desires for other things enter in and choke the word, and it becomes unfruitful. They choke it out. I got the word today to stay on the right path. This afternoon, their stuff's going to come in and go, and try to choke that out from you. The word was to stay on the path. In other words, keep looking to the things of God. Keep staying with the things of God. Don't walk away from the things of God. Don't walk away. Don't walk away. Don't walk away. Don't get weary in well-doing. For you shall reap if you faint not. Don't quit. Tell your neighbor, say, don't quit. Come on, tell your other neighbor, don't quit. So we're not going to quit on this. He says, he says, here's what happens immediately, 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 immediately. If you have ears to hear, when the word comes forth, pow, I got that, I got that, I got that, I got that word, I got that word, that's for me. I'm going to get that word, I'm going to take that word, that's my word, I, that's my word, that's my word, I got that word, I got that word. And as soon as you get outside, there's the demon sitting on the hood of your car with a flat tire. Or you run out of oil. Whatever it might be. And you think, he's after the word. Do you see this? He's after the word. And the word is a, it's a seed. Why? Because it grows. Oh, come on, somebody. It's the living word. The word is alive. It's active. The lie, the word does something in you. So that's why you're here today. Because there's something in there that says, if I can connect, if I can just connect with this word, if I just connect with the things of God, then something's going to happen on the inside of you. Because he doesn't look at the outward appearance of a man, but he looks at the inward appearance. He looks at your heart. He looks at what's going on in your heart. Is your heart hardened? Is your heart stony? Is your heart like a rock? Or is your heart pliable? and soft are just like the ground, the fertile soil that's going to receive the word. Say, receive the word. Receive the word. Go ahead, verse 18. We're down to 20. 20, <laughs> wherever you were. And those are the ones on whom seed was sown on the good soil, and they hear the word and accept it and bear fruit, 30, 60, and 100 fold. 30, 60, and 100 fold, it's going to bear something, isn't it? It's going to, it's going to bear something. It's going to pr- produce a harvest. This is what I want you to understand. I want you to understand that this is seed. You've got to get it in you in order for it to produce something. See, what we're doing is we're looking for the Garden of Eden. The Garden of Eden is right here. The Garden of Eden is not going to be restored to you. It already has been restored in your spirit. Where does the word? The Bible says out of the innermost beings, what? Flows Rivers of living water. Where's that living water? Hasn't Jesus been referred to like, you know, the life? Living water, the bread, the gate. 
the door. There's rivers of living water that flows inside of you, that's there inside of you. Luke, I think it's 1721, the King James Version says, the kingdom of heaven is within you. So there is a, I got a, I got a garden. <laughs> I got a garden. I'm a gardener. I got a garden. I got a garden right here. Right here's my garden. And when I speak the word, what happens to my garden? It goes in, and it what? It produces a harvest. As long as I can keep some good stuff in my garden. See, that's what the enemy's after. If you sow wheat, you'll get wheat. If you sow the Word of God, you'll get the results of the Word of God. But here's what some of us do. Some of us are hearers. And we say, oh, 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 that was a good message today. I mean, that was really good. It was really good. And they say, well, what was it about? I don't know. But it was good. Oh, man, God really moved. Well, what happened? Well, they began to prophesy. What did they prophesy about? I, I don't know. But it was good. Are you with me? Well, what was the title of the message? I don't know, but it was good. We didn't hear. So what we do is we take what we've heard and we open up our trunk and we throw our, slam the trunk down and get our Bible and our notebook out next Sunday morning when we come to church. It's what you do with that that's going to matter. Do you think there's a difference between somebody who just puts their Bible on the dash, notebook in the trunk, and somebody who this afternoon opens up that scripture and reads even farther? And then, and then comes back and cross-references into Matthew. And then cross-references it back into Luke. And then begins to meditate on that. Begins to think about it this, this week and say, wait a minute, what word have I got in me? Because the word that i got to have in me will produce a harvest. So if I don't have any word, no harvest. Somebody's getting it, amen? No word, no harvest. Say that. No word, no harvest. We're not talking about your money. Sow a seed. Sow a seed. Meet a need. Got a need? Sow a seed. We've heard it. We've heard it financially. You got a need? Sow a seed. It works. But you know what else works just as well? Or in conjunction with that? Get the word on it. Get the word on it. Well, you know, I, I don't think you have to do all that. I think I can just take my Bible and just, you know, read it when I feel like it. I don't read my Bible because I enjoy it. I do enjoy it, but it's not enjoyment reading. How many of you ever read anything like a health book, diet book, anything like that? Did you enjoy reading it? Why'd you read it? Because it made a difference in your life. See, we can sit down. If it's, if it's just about enjoying it, I'll get into some of this next week. So here's your assignment for this week. I want you to reread what we did in, in Mark chapter 3. And I want you to read Mark chapter 4. And I want you to read verses 21 through 26. I want you to meditate on verses 21 through 25. And then we're going to discuss this next week. See, there is a word that came forth this morning. That I can take it. And do something with it and it'll produce a harvest. 
Or I can take it and throw it on thorny soil. I can take it. Close my Bible. That's a good word, Pastor. And go throw it at home next to my easy boy recliner and not look at it again until next week. Right? You have a choice. But if I want to be intimate with my wife, don't we need to spend time together? Yeah. If I want to be intimate with my father, don't we need to spend time together? You're there. You're getting there. Do you know what I mean? You're getting there. You're seeking him. But what happens is we can take this word and do something with it, or we can take it and not do anything with it. And don't get upset when it starts producing a harvest in this woman's life. And it's not producing it in mine because she's taking this word and she's doing something with it. That's why we have church on Wednesday nights. It would be real easy for me to be like some other churches in town and just say, forget Wednesday night. But I can't do that because we want to teach and train. We want to be able to take this word and get it in you. So when we have small groups, and I understand people have schedule problems and stuff like that, but it's not going to stop me from preaching and bringing the word on a Wednesday night. What's going to change in your life? It's going to have to be the word that will change it. Because you've tried many times. And how's that working? How's that working for you there, buddy? <laughs> how's, that, how's that working for you, huh? Is it working good? Working good? Yeah, yeah. I meet people all the time. They're like, i got to break out of this. What are you doing about it? Are you getting a word on it? There's scriptures at this table over here that maybe you might say, you know, there's some things that I need to have. Sometimes we can supply you the word. I can give you the word, give you the word. But when you get it yourself, it's greater than if I give it to you. Amen? Stand to your feet this morning.